0: and now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Can you imagine been walking up with a hammer to the side of the head? Day one, <sighs> tough going. I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead. Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, Three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in. Doesn't matter, just keep driving forward. Day five, uh, our five days done. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a a curiosity to to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted. Day 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in and, um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown and welcome to Deep Roots. And welcome back to episode seven in the story of my solo and unsupported row across the Atlantic Ocean. So you may remember I left it off on the night of day 13 in what I described as a tumultuous period in the race, a period of storms, a period of fighting to figure out how to keep the boat straight in those Heavy seas and high winds, a period of emotional roller coaster from having a First human interaction with that beautiful yacht called Anne, who uh, swung by me on my on their transatlantic crossing Christmas Day, and uh, the emotion of that sending a message to my family, um, and then you know my expectations being way off with what that day would be like, having the sat phone. Buzzing for most of the day with text messages, with um, phone calls that evening and chatting to some friends and and family, obviously. And then the silence of that sat phone the next day and uh, um, the struggle in, um, in the conditions with day 13. But... If that period was what I described as tumultuous, uh, I don't have any clue how to um, describe day fourteen because day fourteen was night to day compared to what I had gone through before that. It was it was the it was undoubtedly the craziest day of my life, and it started with a bang, literally. So that night on day thirteen and into the morning of day fourteen was there was another storm raging, and we were in what i feel was the biggest waves of the whole um crossing like the biggest sea conditions now I, I admittedly i i may be um my my thoughts and my memories might be corrupted a little bit with what went on during this day but I I I really don't see how this like even looking back, even though there's a a modicum of doubt, I don't see how um, there was a, a bigger conditions there than this. Can you imagine been walking up with a hammer to the side of the head? Cause that's the only way I can describe what happened to me. As I slept 7am in the morning, uh, my boat was um, chugging along to the west in these huge sea conditions, but but favourable. Huge, but favourable, pushing us the right way, pushing us left. But when I wasn't steering the boat or attempting to steer the boat in the direction I wanted, which was west, the boat would turn a thing called beam on basically it would go sideways onto the wave so I was fast asleep the boat was beam onto the waves and that would mean it would surf up the face of these huge waves, 6, 7 sometimes I feel like they were close to 9 metres um, you know, I've heard people say we like to exaggerate the height of um, ocean waves but I genuinely think I remember looking at them going fuck me <laughs> Look at the size of that thing. So, surfing up the side of these huge waves um, sideways on, and what happens is, if the wind is high enough, so if the wind is above 25 knots, uh, obviously, which it would be in a storm, they start to push the top of the wave over. The wave, they break the wave like you would see kind of in the surf uh, at the at the beach. What happened was, or what I assume happened was, I surfed up the side of a wave's beam on and um I was like seven-eighths of the way, so I was on the wrong... I was on the wrong place in the face of the wave, and then it got pushed over by the wind, and the break of the wave hit the side of the boat, and it capsized the boat. So I'm fast asleep. You know, in this blissful state of um, semi-consciousness or maybe even unconsciousness and um, I'm catapulted is the best way by the power of this um, breaking wave over the boat it catapults me inside this little capsule into the side of the cabin face first and the first thing I know about is this shock of pain through the impact on the side of the cabin um, as my face is kind of um, catapulted as the word that's coming up again into into the cabin and I'm trying to and in that nanosecond or split seconds that and that, that pass and that follow that impact you're trying to figure out why the fuck you don't know where you are like you're not even um, in a state where you can oh yeah I'm on a rowing boat here in the middle of the ocean so this like These electrical impulses are just shooting into your brain and you're trying to, um, fathom what the hell is happening and try and get some like information and context that, that isn't there because you're kind of, you've just been woken up basically with a hammer to the side of the face. Um, and then now the boat and remember now the boat is mid. Capsize here, so it's it's literally turning over um 360 degrees because of the force of the wave has pushed it over. So I'm in a washing machine basically for one cycle or one turn of the of the drum. Um, and everything inside the cabin comes that is capable of coming loose, comes loose um, and is like you know, it's just all over me. So there's netting, I had netting down both sides of where I sleep so the, the bedding is down the middle of the cabin and there's just about enough room now for the bedding and then either sides, there's quite hard areas where there's a bit of um, compartmental, um, compartments for storage um, and then there's the netting that's attached to the side of the cabin. And that's full of stuff that I need during the day from basically notebooks to chart plotters to piss bottles to uh, just general kind of crap that you keep in there. I even had, I think I even had um, like my handheld GPS or something else was in there. Anyway, whatever was in there now was out of there and it was kind of falling around the cabin and then my bedding was now on kind of top of me um, and I'm going round this 360 degrees and then I get that recognition I think it was nearly the first recognition that I had was when the boat had actually self-righted when it had gone around the 360 was the the feeling of blood on my skin uh, from where my well where the skin had broken because of the impact you know so That is, believe it or not, a familiar enough feeling to me because of my past career as a rugby player. So, you know, I have had numerous uh, stitches in my face and head throughout that 16 year career. So you become, um, and it's very, it's a very recognizable sensation, you know, the, cause of the, the warmth of the blood. So that was the first recognition I had. And then that kind of triggered, um, Everton to fall into place. You know, I was, um, and then it was, okay, that was, you know, you're in a capsize here. You've split your head open. And all of a sudden I was into this kind of survival mode. So it was just about deciphering nearly a checklist of priorities. Um, and the first one was to stop the bleeding. And the second one was to check the fuck out how there was, I felt water on my feet. Not much now, just a little bit Um and I was like how is there water in here so it was a a moment of panic with that but then I obviously recognized that it it wasn't a lot of water it wasn't flooding in from anywhere it was just the sensation on um, my, my kind of calf's Achilles feet area so first thing I did was I just grabbed I had a sleeping bag and a kind of what would you say the mattress in the boat that was kind of vinyl, and that was covered with a like almost like a mattress uh protector I suppose you might i don't know what it's called whatever you put on your mattress at home basically, so I grabbed both of those things and basically just pressed as hard as I could into my face, so the left hand was it the left
2: hand side
1: i can't remember but the it, um the side of my face that had been um split, and I just kept that pressure on for i can't remember I would say. The guts of two or three minutes because remember I had no idea how deep these cuts were and as far as um, the blood that was come amount of blood that was coming out or the f- sensation because I couldn't see what was happening it was telling me there was quite a bit so there was a good possibility that they were quite deep um, so I pressed uh, as hard as I could for a period of time and then kind of took it away and then just if I am trying to remember here now but I kind of I think I dabbed my fingers in and around and just tried to you know get some more information with my touch to see like if there was big flaps of skin open or what and you know um, i don't remember exactly um, getting that information but thankfully the bleeding seemed to have stopped so then it was a case of just more pressure more pressure more pressure for a period of time and then and then uh yeah and then checking it out properly you know so then trying to search out a mirror or maybe i use my phone i can't remember to check it out but um, or even if I did any of that, but it was it was a case of the cuts not been too bad; they were quite um, shallow and superficial. So I was lucky there, I suppose is the best way you can put it that it wasn't something deep that um, would have needed a stitch or two or three or, or way more stitches because that could have um, you know, easily been the case. Then it was okay. What? Well, what was that? What was that liquid? that i felt uh, that i thought was water on my lower legs um and what i realized was um there's a little inlet uh on the bottom of the boat for um the sea i uh, sorry for the water maker to access the seawater and pull it up and somehow um and somehow the water had uh, during the capsize had c- come back in through this little islet or this inlet and um, it had just that's what I had felt kind of sprinkle on my lower limb um, lower limbs or a few um, little bits of that so that was thankfully that was a huge kind of panic gone that there wasn't some sort of compromised part of the cabin or whatever and then it was just a case of remedying that cabin up as quickly as I could um, and there wasn't a huge amount to do there it was just get Just shove stuff back into the netting and get the bed back where it should be, and everything else like that needed to be secure. Not by that had been secure um, by the boat builder Justin Atkin, you know, like batteries and the water maker. Like they were, they weren't budging anywhere. They were put in really, really well. So, so yeah. And then it was uh, next thing in the in my kind of priorities list was with a lot of nervousness was to open the cabin hatch and see what the fuck um i had possibly um missing from the deck so it was with a huge trepidation that i did that because five days before this as you guys know if you've been following this story i'd lost an oar during a storm and um although I had seriously upped my standards around securing things. You know, there was that was a ferocious wave uh, that hit the cabin, and I'm thinking worst. I'm thinking the worst. I'm thinking, fuck me, is the seat tied down? Have I tied the well enough? Or have I still got my two oars? Are they tied down well enough? Um, those are the my main concerns: the seat and the oars. And when I opened the hatch, what I saw shocked me the full deck was full of water I mean it was spilling it was literally spilling over the side of the deck so I I suppose my initial uh, thought was fuck me am I sinking is this sinking and then around that then the ground anchor was kind of half hanging in the half of it the chain of the ground anchor at least was hanging over the side of the oar which was still in place thankfully the two oars were still there and my seat was still there although covered in water and i couldn't see it but uh yeah the ground anchor was hanging over the chain and then the life raft which was kind of secured by two velcro straps that was kind of half out of its hole it kind of had a hole underneath like a a compartment uh, but an open compartment in the the deck that I uh, rode over the top of did I roll yeah so um that was kind of they had broken the velcro straps and was kind of half hanging out as well nearly into the water so there was a little bit of well there was definitely a bit of panic around am I fucking sinking here what's going on is this boat capable of why is there so much water on the deck why isn't it just kind of flushing out through the um, the scuppers um, the little hole things that kind of you know any water that normally washes on washes out so yeah I just kind of Came out, clipped in, pulled this pulled the chain of the ground anchor in, uh resecured the sea, um the life raft, and then I just started bucketing off water and put on the i thing called the bilge pump, which pumps off the water that that ends up in the parts of the deck, the lowest parts of the deck, you know, where there's no um outlet for them. And then it was just basically then I felt okay, things are a little bit under control or I'm not sure if I felt that but what I did do my action was I sat down on the um, seat once all the water was off and everything felt like everything was secure Um, and I was just sitting there and I I, in hindsight I'd almost say I was probably in some case of shock some type of shock a a low level one because I was kind of just gathering my thoughts after a lot of confusion and panic um, internally even though I felt you know I, I felt I dealt with it quite well and, and almost calmly um, but I was just it was it was a moment to kind of just sit back and um, yeah not not that I felt like I'll oh, just sit down now and relax but it was just it was kind of what happened very kind of honestly and for want of a better word, organically. Uh, and I was sitting there. Um, and remember now this storm is still raging here, you know, we're still the boat is still going up this side of these waves, and and I heard a noise. Now oh, it's important that you guys understand that I'm in survival mode here, and when you're in that mode, you are hyper aware of anything that is different to what you usually experience. It's noisy, the waves are uh, crashing around me, Um, the flags are fluttering, the wind is howling, the sea is um, doing its thing. And um, I pick out this noise that is different and I'm on it like an absolute shot, like with my eyes and my attention. Um, And I see a dorsal fin swimming towards the boat. And it's a whale, a fucking whale. Um, it was just the most incredible experience. Um, this little adolescent, what I later discovered was a, a minky whale, swam up to the boat and swam round to the left-hand side and then proceeded to make four circles of the boat. And on its fourth or fifth uh, rotation, on my right hand side it looked at me it stuck its head up and made eye contact with me with its left eye Um, (laughs) and it was just I remember thinking nobody like nobody's believing this what just this last two hours what's gone on Um, never mind the the capsize and the split head and the um, you know the craziness of that but now you have a whale looking at you in the eye <laughs> and it um it continued to circle and after it had made eye contact it made two more uh, rotations of the boat but on the last one not that I knew it was the last one but on the last one it like swam right down so it had been about I would say two to three metres away from the boat making these rotations but it swam right down the gunwale or the side of the boat um, to where if I had had like some sort of um, awareness of the situation or even um, what's the word I'm looking for even some thoughtfulness I would have been able to touch it, like reach out and touch it, that's how close it was to the boat um, and then it uh, it kind of disappeared when it swam kind of past my left hand side so i was on my left hand side um i just been i just remember thinking fuck me this is just in, like what a, how lucky am i what an experience um this is beyond any expectations like i i'm hugely um joyful when I do get to experience any uh, wildlife in its natural habitat and I really wanted that to be part of this crossing and I, I I hoped and wished for it but I'd heard of people not having um any encounters with any wildlife apart from bird life. Um, so for me to have literally have this um youthful um playful um whale uh, swim the swim around the boat and actually you know <laughs> make eye contact with me um I just felt so lucky and I was just in twos like i mean I was just wow and and that's the impression I got from it, you know that it it was curious and it was playful and it was wanted to kind of check out what I was and you know almost have some sort of interaction with the with the boat um and then kind of make out what you know what I not me but like the whole object was um and that's why I think it kind of got closer and closer nearly to the boat on every rotation and eventually um you know touched it uh, so <laughs> and as the day went on um I remember nearly, well, thinking I saw uh, the dorsal fin a few more times in like as I rode in these crazy conditions. And as I continued in my survival mode, I thought I saw it like behind the boat a few times. Now, I obviously could have been mistaken because it was wild and it was all sorts of things happening waves smashing everywhere and you know just the sea conditions and obviously the color of a dorsal fin is very um they were kind it's like a whitey blue you know so um it was it could easily have just been the shape of the sea you know the the way it moves and that but i did feel like that i did feel like i saw it a few times and i did feel like that whale was trying to not just communicate with me but like warn me about something but of course you know I was in a um, altered state of survival through this thing so um, who knows if that is um, what happened or if that's the reality or not but that's what I remember thinking at the time so those were uh, <laughs> memorable um, literally branded memories into my um into my mind into my long-term memory bank but what was to come um just added like it was just it was just like an extension of the madness that i had already experienced so for about 6 hours after that um i cleaned up the deck and um you know had the encounter with the whale I'd just been battling battling, battling these elements, and the steering was fucking doing my nothing I couldn't get the boat to um to be in line with the winds and the waves. It was just it was I was on edge all day, literally on edge because um, I was I was sideways onto. I was beam onto the waves, and these waves are just smashing over the side of me and the boat. And I'm looking up at them, going, "Is this going to be the one? Is this going to be the one that turns me over?" Um, so like it was absolute survival mode, and I just I just couldn't get the steering to um, have any effect on how the boat moved. If you the best way I can put it is uh, imagine your uh, car without power steering basically, and you have to turn the wheel, the steering wheel like five times or get it whatever to move, um, you know, a matter of uh, to have any effect on how the car moves. That's what I felt with the steering. I just like so the, the my steering system basically was the. Uh, most traditional way you can do this is a thing called foot steering so basically on the bottom of my left foot the pad where I you know I strap my foot into that moves left and right and when that moves left and right there's two lines that it's attached to that run down the sides of the boat and are attached to the rudder at the back so if I turn my foot left the rudder turns right and I turn my foot right the rudder turns left so so that's my steering system so as I was um, rowing as I was moving along that day you know any effect any um, turn of my foot left or right was having no effect so I was up and down all day um, during that 6 hours uh, trying to see if there was some issue like some simple issue that I could fix or that I was not missing or that, sorry that I was missing um, because Everything I did was, you know, it was just having no effect. So at at one stage, I um, was down trying to get in underneath the footplate. So the footplate was um, facing the aft cabin, the cabin where I slept and where everything was. So I was kind of down on my hunkers, if you want. So I'm kind of got a almost... I've got over my right hand shoulder then is where all the um, action is happening and basically at where because the boat is beam on so I'm sideways on so over my right hand shoulder is where uh, the waves are coming and are hitting Um so I was down in that crouch position and again I just I couldn't figure out couldn't see anything Um, that was the matter with the steering that was blatantly the matter that was you know that was something that I could with my very basic knowledge of things could fix so I came out of the crouch as you would um, because if you've ever been in that position for long enough your legs start to burn and um, it becomes uncomfortable and remember now I'm in a a rolling, roaring sea and just as I'm coming out of that kind of about to stand up I catch out of my right hand side kind of this flash of blue and white and instantly recognise it as danger as um, that's a wave and that wave is breaking over the top of the boat and you are going over again Uh, you have, (laughs) you know you've no choice I, I'm not, sorry this didn't enter my head but not the choice thing but i just that's a wave. it's going over the top of the boat it's going to capsize the boat so instinctively i um grabbed a handle there was a handle behind me on the bulkhead which is the face of the cabin so i reached behind me just this is all again in split second stuff uh and i um I grab this handle and sure enough, um, the boat goes over and I hit the water on the far side, hanging on with one hand now and into the water I go and I just remember it was just this change of environment. So you went from the wildness of the ferociousness of the waves and the wind and the wildness and the primal almost untamed nature doing her thing to silence and serenity underneath. Um, and my first thought was when I hit the water, wow, it's warm. It was it was really uh warm water. I kind of I, I love cold water. I get into the sea all year round so I'm I'm used to the um sensation of the Atlantic waters of Ireland on my skin and I know all about the kind of um, you know the the depths of coldness that that can get to mid-February or whatever um, and this was again to for want of a better comparison expression this was night and day this was this was um, this was like bath water that was my first thought and then it was just this serene experience It was just absolute calmness and not just my environment, but internally as well. I was incredibly calm and I just remember concentrating, switching my thoughts and concentrating on one thing and I just said this one sentence to myself, squeeze your grip, squeeze your grip, squeeze your grip, because I knew the boat would self-right. I just kept squeeze grip and I could, I can remember the connection between the thought almost running down out of my mind, down my arm, down my shoulder, into my arm and into my grip. And I remember physically squeezing my grip harder and harder and harder. And eventually I, well, eventually it was only a matter of seconds, really, probably don't know seven eight nine seconds something like that that I was underwater just hanging on with one hand just saying to myself squeeze your grip incredibly calmly in this serene kind of bubble existence and uh, the boat went all the way around 360 degrees and I kind of eventually was kind of almost I want to say lassoed or almost um, with the momentum of the boat I was kind of chucked back uh, out um, of the water um, and then I kind of ended up with my arm still clasped to this handle um, my head and my upper back hit the deck first and then my kind of legs were over my head almost like kind of touching the ground behind me um, and I was just going holy fuck did that just happen um, not that that just, yeah did that just happen not the capsize but more like the experience and the um, serenity and the calmness internally when I should have been in this I should have been in chaos I should have been in absolute panic but I wasn't I was I was in the opposite I was just in absolute control in this um, yeah this what should have been this crazy um, state I was in just peaceful um, focused concentrated control and that came down to my training that came way back so that happened on whatever the probably the day 14 the 28th of December uh, 2017 but I could go back to 6 months 5 months 4 months 3 months previous to that and, and and I will I will explain how I came to be in that state, be in that focused, calm, controlled, concentrated, peaceful um, state. So when I am building up, when I, whenever I commit to um, an expedition or an adventure or a challenge, the first question I always ask myself is, what can stop me? achieving what i want to achieve here so i can't swim so the obvious answer to that question when you're going to row the atlantic is you me in this case getting separated from the boat without any attachment if i get separated i mean that's it it's over right so what do you do well you don't get separated from the fucking boat how do you do that? Well, um, I had a system on board. I had a harness, a climbing harness that I wore all the time. Every time I was on deck, climbing harness was on. And I was clipped in from that harness to a thing called the jackstay, which is a, um, a line that runs up and down the boat. So as long as I am always clipped in and everything is obviously secure and tight, um, I always have one point of contact. Okay, so that's first first port to call when you don't want to get separate from the boat even on the calmest day you always wear your harness you always have one point of contact as long as you have one point of contact you will not be separated from the boat which would mean not only that you don't achieve what you want to achieve but means that you're you know you're not coming back that's it it's game over because if you, because if you are separated from that boat more than likely now this isn't more but this isn't guaranteed but more than likely You are going one way and the boat's going the other. And it doesn't matter if you are Michael Phelps, you are not catching
0: that fucking boat. So, um, always have one point of
1: contact with the boat, right? Pretty simple. But I'm a big believer in you can only control what you can control, right? So, you never know. Something could go wrong in that process with the harness and the jack stay. You never know so I think it's important that you have a backup plan so the next question I used to ask I asked myself is what is going to cause you getting separated from the boat what is the scenarios that might arise and the obvious one was capsize that's when there's a much higher percentage of you getting separated right so then I tried to imagine what like there's no fucking Google search for this like you can't you can't um, there's no books there's no you, these, this information is it's not out there okay if a handful of people may have experienced it but you gotta try and so what I tried to do was try to visualise the scenario so I thought like well how do capsize happen so I kind of explained that to you guys with the you know been side on and the wave coming over the top and and pushing the boat over in big conditions, right, so that's how I imagined it happening. But what I imagined or what I visualized in my training, my visualization, my mental preparation training was that um I would be um I would be rowing i wouldn't be in the position I was in, I would be rowing, and I would see the wave breaking over the side of the boat, I would drop the oars, I would grab the jackstays and so I had two lines going down either side of the deck and I would just grab them and as long as I didn't release my grip on either end as long as I had still always one point of contact that was something I could do that was something I could troll and I wouldn't uh, lose contact with the boat so this is what I visualised over and over and over and over again and basically down to the thought I would have around the action so the thought I would have the one that I felt was most important was squeeze your grip squeeze your grip because the point of contact was the most important thing so my whole visualisation would have been the whole scenario but I would have broken it down or would have ref- I would have finished it with the most specific part of the process that I felt which was the mental um, cue to squeeze your grip to squeeze your grip so again the the visualisation that I imagined over and over and over again so I'm rowing along I see that a wave is about to smash over the break over the top of the boat and push me over I drop the oars hands hit the jackstays stays as quickly as possible legs brace out to the sides um, to get some um, points of contact but they have nothing to, you know it's just to try and help and then when you hit the water and when you go in, it's just about not breaking. Neither of those grips break. You squeeze your grip and squeeze your grip. And the mental action of, I don't know if you've ever played with one of those um, grip trainers, you know, the captain's a crush. But you, there's a there's a part of that which is incredibly mental where you have to bring... Um, the, you have to uh, strengthen the connection of your grip and there's always a little bit more in there when you concentrate fully on it so you can always put a little bit more pressure through your grip if you concentrate fully on the um, the action and by saying that to yourself by saying squeeze your grip, squeeze your grip it brings out a little bit more so that's why I have placed huge importance with it on that, sorry and then what happened Okay, it didn't happen exactly how I visualized it, but the scenario presented itself that I had one point of contact, and um, and then what happened was what I had visualized came to fruition. It just actioned itself out, and when I hit the water, and when I should have been in absolute like when I should have been in chaos, when I should have been in uh, panic, I was the opposite I was just I just bang I just went straight into that uh, concentration straight into that action and then it it worked it um, it came to fruition and I was underwater like I explained earlier and I was able to concentrate just on that one thing that one sentence calmly peacefully say to myself squeeze your grip squeeze your grip and eventually, like I said, the boat righted, and then I was, lit I was just in awe of that. That something that I had had to um, take full responsibility for. Like, I, if I want to come back from this this scenario, I have to. I have to know what to do. So I kind of went through all the steps myself you know, uh, the visualization, putting it together, training it. Um, But I, while I was doing that, I had no idea if it would work because it was all me just trying to imagine a scenario that may happen. It was a long shot. It fucking happened, Jesus Christ. But it was a long shot in my training thinking about it, that this may happen. And then this process that you were thinking up might work. It also might not because you might, you know, you, you no idea like there's no precedent there's no experience with it it might work and but you have no better ideas um so yeah let's do it and then i'm lying there on the deck my feet over the top of my head and i'm like holy fuck <laughs> that worked i like i mean i was just in awe of the power of that process of visualization um and i like i like i played rugby and i'd heard a lot about visualization and and i i in a way i had visualized looking back in retrospect i had used visualization uh, just almost like organically but i wish i'd never connected with it never even come close to connecting with it like i did in that moment um and and it was almost like now i I have so much like so much respect and I use it so much more but I kind of have regret as well that I didn't I didn't get to use it in rugby because I can see so much um, value in it for me especially for me as a player um, you know and I, I kind of I wish I had it as a tool a mental tool in my prep but you know it's it's easy to say that now and it it was the scenario that drew it out of me you know the scenario of in a way life or death don't get me wrong here I suppose is the best way to put this but um or I'm not trying to fool anyone here or anything and just say it was just that one grip thing that saved my life because that's not true I was still clipped in and if the grip had broken um I still would have had one point of contact but I that's. Not, I don't think that's the point um, you can only control what you can control right and I could control that um, and I put in huge amounts of preparation um, without knowing that it would work but I, I, I put a lot of time and energy into that because that's what I could control and that could save my life um, and I, I can't sit here and say it did because it didn't because if I had let go I still had one point of contact but again I don't think that's the point um, I controlled what was within my control and um, and it was just just the most incredible um, experience and it's one yeah it's one I rely not rely on but it's one I have tried to grow like so when I go into um When I've gone into since this um, other expeditions I I like, I have a big block of that, a big block of my mental prep would be uh, visualizations, so a visualization and um, visualizing the worst case scenario and how I'm going to deal with that uh, in the moment, like what's the worst thing can happen and how do I have to react to be able to Um, survive or be able to deal with that scenario what's that going to look like so if you want to call that negative visualization um, you can I like to think of it as the reality and when are you going to need to be calm and when are you going to need to be in control and concentrated and focused it's in those most vulnerable times that's when you're going to need it most um and that's where it could become a situation or could be as valuable as saving your life. So um why would you not think about them? Why would you not bring them up? If the reality is they can happen, why would you not um why would you not think about them? Why would you ignore them? Then you're just lying to yourself, you're just you're avoiding the reality and um I am not prepared to do that if it means that I could, um, I could compromise the most important thing, in my life, and to live it to the best of my ability and come back and have more adventures. So that was like I would say ninety percent of uh, my training for that moment. The one other thing I used to do is being a non-swimmer I was very aware that I um I would need to be calm if I went into the water so I can a non-swimmer might be a little bit of um what's the word I can swim a tiny bit like I, I I could swim 20 meters or something like that but then it's then it's very much sinking after that so um i i i do have and i do spend time in the water i just spend it in my own um depth i don't be i don't i don't i just i love being in the cold water and the water the the ocean and in nature that way but um yeah i don't go i'm not like i said i'm not a swimmer so what i used to what i told myself and what i imagined is okay you need to be um calm you need to be Able to, for whatever small period of time, if you do get into the water, you need to be able to make the right decisions in a controlled and calm state. So, what I used to do is go out to Black Rock in Salt Hill in Galway, and then I just plunge into the water uh, in my own depth and I just kind of grab like almost into a fetal position underwater and I would just try and stay as calm as I could uh, for as long as I could. So, you know, you, let's say it started with like 20 seconds and then you'd come up and you'd do a few reps of that and then you'd come back a few days later and then you'd get back in and you'd try and build it up and try and go a bit longer, 30 seconds. And again, just trying to keep that calm state, you know, without the oxygen um, and just trying to... Um, Yeah, just tell yourself, send the right signals, train yourself to make, um, to be with the right self-talk and the right concentrations in that um, stressful state because you're not getting any oxygen, right? So, and I just built that up and built that up over time. And did that help me? I'm not sure. I think it did, but um, it was definitely part of the process of training um, the mental side of uh, what happened during this capsize. That was capsize two. And after that capsize I made this video when things calmed down a little bit So have a listen Hey folks, day 14 um, As you can see uh, Fucking crazy day um, To be honest this happened at 7 o'clock this morning I haven't had a moment even to look at it I'm just having a, a gawk now in this um, So my face woke me up this morning Getting smashed off the side of the cabin uh, During a capsize Um and then it was complete disorientation for a few seconds. Uh, the whole cabin was all over the shop, all over me. Um, uh, and yeah, thankfully it's only superficial—a few little, um, a little scratches and cuts. But there was quite a bit of blood, but it stopped, stopped lively enough. Um, yeah, like I, I can't describe how crazy this day has been. Um, so I went from that to outside to fixing up the deck thankfully nothing was gone everything was secured and tied down from the night before um, to been out there and just getting water um, pumping water off the deck and rearranging stuff and sorting out everything and uh, a whale a whale swam by and not only did he swim by he circled the boat about four or five times um, came up at one stage and made fucking eye contact I kid you not it was one of the most insane um, experiences I've ever had. Then swum by, um, swum by the side of the boat within touching distance of my hands. Now it was only a little adolescent, I'd say maybe, I don't know, 12, 14 feet, but uh, oh, I don't know what to say. Um, so yeah, the, today has been incredibly testing. Um, you know, about three hours after that, um, I was trying to start out the steering, which is doing my head in and uh capsized again for the second time uh while i was outside standing up on deck um had a, a grab saw coming uh split second reaction grabbed hold of a handle and um yeah all my visualization and my training came into um came into fruition and i rode the whole capsize held onto the boat by one hand um uh, to be honest with you I, Surprised myself uh, how calm I was uh, while I was underwater, and um, uh, yeah, I, I I had visualized stuff like that happening, so it definitely came came to uh, came to help me uh, a huge amount. Um, yeah, just just fucking insane day, and since that man, I've just been on edge. Survival mode, battling, battling, battling the elements. Uh, nearly went over twice more. Um, finally, the winds have calmed down a tiny bit, so I'm have making this video, but, uh, listen, all's good. Um, I'm fine, I, I know I'm gonna tell you not to worry, because, like, don't worry, because you couldn't want a better person in this place. As um, there's a poem above where I sleep that Kathy Sturch and uh, MacDara Hosty gave to me before I left, both of them, independently, and one of the lines is "My head is bloodied, but unbowed," and uh, that's that's where I'm at at the moment, um, you know. Uh, so uh, all good, and we'll we'll plough on. Cheers. The rest of the day after making that video or recording that video, I remember rowing. I'd given up on trying to keep the boat or trying to not keep the boat I was going to say keep the boat straight I hadn't come anywhere near been successful in keeping it straight for a matter matter of seconds I'd actually given up on trying to keep it straight and I was just rowing beam on and rowing and rowing and I remember looking at every single wave that hung over me, and that I glided up the side of, thinking, "Is this the one? This is it. This is this the one? Is that gonna break? Is th- is this the one's gonna push me over? Is this one gonna come over the top? Am I gonna? Am I? Oh shit! I'm in the wrong position on this wave. Am I? Is, is this? Is this the? Is this one? This one looks big. Oh, shit, am I? Yeah. And it just drained me. It was survival. It was just survival. I was just hanging on by my fingernails onto my wits and onto my instincts. And the third time, and I, I do talk about this a little bit, but three more times the boat was basically capsized. But the strength of the wave just didn't have enough to finish it off and push it over totally. So it kind of balanced, like almost the deck was kind of perpendicular to the ocean. And there was a bit of balance, or a split second of balance, and then it would just tip back down, or ride itself back down into its normal um, position, or on the, on the on the on the on the ocean. And the the third one of those, I had by then, I had um, talked to Justin Adkin, who built the boat, and. Basically I told them what had happened and I needed a solution because I couldn't find it. I couldn't understand why I couldn't get the boat straight, I couldn't understand what was happening with the boat, I couldn't understand the situation with the steering, I couldn't understand why I couldn't keep the boat straight in line with the waves. I was just, I was lost. Um. so I can't remember did I ring him or did I, I think I rung him yeah I rung him because it was a lot to talk about and instead of texting and he told me I had to use the drugs so there's two I had two um, drugs which are if you want to picture them they're almost like um, a windsock you see at an aerodrome or an airport um, and they have the capacity to keep the boat in line with the wave and sorry, the wind direction by tying them on to a length of rope. So I think I had 50 meters of a certain type of rope, a thing called um, 12 millimeter octoplash. I think it was 50 meters. And I tied the drogue onto the end of that and i um it was hooked onto the bow the bow line i sorry the bow um connection point, let's call it that I know it's not the right word, but it's not coming to me and he said that I had two um they were apparently top quality drugs that if you picked one picked a smaller one, put that out that would it would pull it would right the boat in line with the wind and the waves so um, with nothing to lose and an absolute depleted state of energy and nearly fight. I did just that and I had both uh, drugs sitting out on the deck while I was rowing. Uh, still kind of not ready to put them out but getting ready and just I suppose forming a plan in my head with them. And I remember looking at them going... You're fucked if you lose them, and you know that they're sitting there, and if you go over, they're gone. That is big, big, big trouble. But I didn't do anything about it, but I remember thinking that. And then on the nearly, the third near capsize, the first thing I noticed was... ...that when I thought... ...when I was kind of committed to us going over... ...or when I realised that the boat was possibly going over... ...that my right hand went straight to those two drogues... ...and bunched them up in my grip again... ...the boat didn't go over but it nearly did... ...and I remember thinking that that's a good sign... (laughs) ...that I was was on the ball there... um, ...that I was functioning out of a very... um, alert and forward-thinking place, even even just the easy thing would have been to be lazy and even though you not- noticed it, to forget about it. But that told me that I was in a really good place and I eventually got out the drug and although it created a serious amount of drag by sitting out the back of the boat, it did, it it, it brought me in line with the wind and the waves so now instead of the waves crashing over the side and me being beam on and having the um, possibility to capsize now I was the waves are crashing over the back of the boat the bow of the boat and having little to no effect particularly in, in terms of a capsize so don't fucking ask me how that thing works I have no idea how I lent a of rope, 50 meters is what I think it was from memory, and this little windsock that sits under the water brings you in line with the with the wind and the waves. Mm-hmm. But it did, and um, and I crawled into bed because I'd had enough. I was done. I was cooked. I I was drained. It was that that state I'd found myself in all day. I, if I remember correctly, it was only about half seven that evening And I just got in and I was like, no, nah, I'm not coming out of here for the night That's that's me, I'm mentally I'm calling it a day Mentally I'm done, I'm calling it a day I need to rest and try and uh, There was nothing nothing else I could do There was nothing else I could do I didn't. That was me And believe it or not, I made another video um, And not one I've ever aired uh, so Yeah This was my Thoughts at the end of the When I was about to shut off It wasn't the end of the day There was still a few hours left in the day But as far as I was concerned I was done These were my thoughts What a day man Fuck.
2: I don't even know where to start sketchy would be. an understatement huh? i'm sitting um, i put out the drogue there um, uh, about 40 minutes ago so yeah here's hoping that uh that stops keeps well, i'm told to keep me straight into the into the waves and the wind which it should uh, would help prevent capsize and keep me keep me going but I just i have had enough to be honest and um, I've had enough for today. like I just want to I just want to switch off and uh, uh, feel a little bit safe you know because all day I've been like on edge survival 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 um, so there was the two two cap, full capsizes and then there was three other times where Basically, I was, I was gone, but the somehow somehow didn't go over. Um, yeah. I feel like... I feel okay, you know. Consider like I was, although that shit happened this morning, like I felt really good. But like especially after the second one, how I handled it, uh, and then there was other signs and stuff. Like the t- fifth time there, I nearly went over. I had the two drugs on deck, and I knew that like if I did go over, uh, I could lose one of them. So the first thing I did was clamp down in that one. And if we had gone over, it was it was bunched up in my fist, you know. So. I wasn't letting go, of uh, so there's, there's signs there, really, really, like, positive signs that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, on the ball, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind, uh, I wouldn't mind sorting out that steering, I, I feel like I can't get the, can't get the boat to move to the right, you know, to, way yeah, I want to chill. So it's really frustrating uh, me. Uh kind of feel like a bit of a sitting duck here as well tonight, but hopefully hopefully this draw does the chat does its business. I'll uh, I'll start rolling with it tomorrow and it's be a, a little bit of drag but if it keeps me straight like today I just could not get straight, man. I just We'll see ya. We'll see ya, of course. Long way, long, long way. But I kept telling myself today, um, just keep going, do not give in. Keep going, keep going, just keep going. One more stroke, one more hour. You know, and you're, you're closer to where you want to be. Just, just can't give in. I just, No fucking way. There's no
1: way. There's no fucking way. And that was the end of my day. Not long after switching that phone off, I I closed my eyes and with howling wind and massive waves pounding over the back of the boat. I slept like I never slept, literally having only centimeters of plywood separating me from chaos, like raging seas, and I slept like the dead, because I was so fucked. That state, that fight for survival, that hanging on with my fingernails for hours, and the constant alertness and attention and um, weighing up um, every single movement and position and look of a wave in the ocean and the capsizes and the possibility and the thinking about another capsize and having to go through a third one in the day um, the stress and the anxiety of that And I, when I crawled into that cabin and I had that drug out and I saw what it was doing, I was, I just, I felt safe. That was my safe space from this relentless opponent outside. And I had an opportunity now to recuperate and rest and recover. And I took it. I took it. I... (laughs) And I slept and I slept and I slept and I slept like I couldn't believe I could sleep in in a situation like that. It doesn't even make sense, but I slept in this tiny little piece of wood bobbing along in this ferocious, these ferocious conditions. And that's it for now. That's it for episode seven what a day that was it is firmly etched in my long-term memory that nanosecond when my head smashed against the cabin the disorientation of that, of the trying to figure out what happening seeing the deck full of water sitting there kind of forlorn and in shock and then hearing that um foreign noise and seeing the dorsal fin and then making fucking eye contact with the whale, the second capsize, the struggle with the steering, the serenity of the water, the warmth of the water, that thought that entered my head, um, and then switching on to the the cue or the sentence or the mantra I had patterned into my um mind to to control what i could control and just squeeze my grip squeeze my grip the fact i had even the instinct to grab that handle which is fucking it's i don't know it doesn't even make sense to me that i would know it was there i didn't have any conscious thought i just did it out of absolute unconscious instincts um and then the like peace and serenity of being underwater on this 180 degree um, journey hanging on to a boat with one hand and i was just calm fucking mental and then the awe of hitting the deck and kind of everything like falling into place around my training and the visualization and what i did and even though i had no clue about that and nearly two more capsizes kind of Plowing along, looking at the waves, beam on, just waiting for more of them to send me over, and the stress of that, and thinking I could nearly see the dorsal fin, or maybe I did see the dorsal fin again, and then just closing that door, and and the feeling, the sensation, or the the just the emotion of being safe, just yes. That's gone, that's stopped Even though it's 20 centimetres from you uh, Through a little bit of plywood Um, But I just felt That was my cocoon of safety The cabin and you know With the drogue out and then just sleeping Like I'm waking up the next day going "Where Where the fuck am I But we'll get to We'll get to day 15 in the next episode So I hope you guys enjoyed that I hope you guys enjoyed the The recounting of the craziest day of my life. Um, Questions, if you have any, um, don't hesitate to ping them to me. Um, My website's a great place to start, damienbrown.com. Just go to the contact form there and put it in. And um, social media, uh, the one you'll get me on is, uh, the one you get me on anyway probably is uh, Instagram at old underscore stock. So yeah, don't hesitate to ping a question here and there and everywhere and I'm going to do a questions episode uh, pretty soon. Um, We might wait till we get halfway across this journey and then go through some of the questions that have come come in because I'm sure I've forgotten to in the in the um concentration of trying to recall these moments and the emotions that i went through and what i felt at those times and what it was like and trying to you know regurgitate that um you kind of you do forget sometimes to um expand on the story or parts of the story or detail that you mentioned so if there's anything there that's bugging you or disturbing you and you want to know more uh just yeah put it in a question and i'll do my best to to answer it um, yeah for now thanks as always for the support thanks for listening and if you'd like to um, help grow this podcast a little bit if you can subscribe and rate it on you know wherever you get your podcast from whatever platform you are listening to me on and um, and why not um, share it share it with somebody you think might be inter- interested in this story and um yeah that'll be that'll be class for a play So until next week thanks for listening. Cheers.